Happy Birthday, Chuck Taylor. St. John's Dance. Unpacking the podcast, Blackout. Welcome to Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. You're not old. I am old. I'm really old. Ow. Did you say the eyesight is the first to go, though? I thought it was the mind. No, your eyes go. Are we going to start this? Long before your mind. Are we going to start this or not? Yes. Are you going to be sort of not awesome today? Sort of very awesome. Today? Yes, today. 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 Ta Hi. Hello. Where are we? Welcome to the June 24th episode number maybe 21, I'm guessing. You tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If you attach that number to a financial security, I might be able to remember it, but it's just loose and floating. I don't know. It's one of the days of the episodes of things. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank and you for being here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most extended welcome you've ever done. It is. I'm feeling feels. I'm feeling the feels. Whoa. Yeah. It's been a really, it's been a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to be the best me as a result of the pieces of me that were picked upon and jabbed at today. Oh. Gosh, okay. I made a, a hook. You did. Finger. I could tell, like, Her. somebody, like, really it's got like in there. Pterodactyl claw. It was a lot of little irritants that stacked up to be a significant okay. irritant. It that just, you know, days are days. Sometimes things go that way. Believe me, like, the majority of my days are days with the, yeah. With the yeah. claw. But you got you got a full, a full five claws amongst the five children. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Five claws ripping and tearing at me daily. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a, it's honestly a miracle that by the time we sit down together to record, that I'm not just like literally physically bleeding. Maybe you are, and I've just been editing the hell out of these videos. <laughs> you are a very good video editor. I'll take that. I disagree, but I'll accept it. Well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's almost like a reverse special effect. Yes. Special effects add, you know, like. Yes, the I'm the one that brings the, the boring and mundane to your lives. That's right. No, to me, because of my. Yeah. You know. Well, to them. Yes. Okay. To those people that are watching us. Well, it is June 24th. It is June 24th. Let's talk about some notables. There's two notables. Okay. We've agreed that I will present these. One that you're loosely aware of, the other that's a surprise. Don't look at the teleprompter. Wait, I'm not going to look at the teleprompter. I don't I don't mean to derail you, but I do have to say this. Okay. Every time we say notables, I think of the Jeopardy category, potent notables. Yes. And it makes me want to say, let's talk about the notent notables, notent which notables. would be awesome if notent were a word. It would. I think of lunchables, <laughs> which were tasty and a They're giant like waste snacks. of money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's the most expensive crackers and fake meat and cheese you've ever had. Yes. But they're little, they're like little snacks. Maybe we could call these the snackables. We could, but we're not going to. Legibles. I don't like it. Okay. I don't, it doesn't jive. It's no. not that I don't like it. It's that I don't love it. Okay. You don't want some more of it. <laughs> That's true. I don't. 
only Tim McGraw fans of the 90s yes. will know what we're talking about. That was Tim McGraw, right? Might as well be. It was. I know it was not Garth Brooks. You're not going to look it up. Don't lie to yourselves, listeners. Just I have no capacity it. to look it up or I would right now. It's not worth it. Okay, so notent notables. I'm going to go. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Latent, notent, notedibles, something. I'm sick of it. I'm going to go backwards in time. I'm going to start. At 1901, which is the most current of the two things. Oh, okay. We have the birth of American basketball player Chuck Taylor. Mm. And you may not know who that is. I've certainly never seen him play. But maybe it sounds familiar. And the reason why is if you've ever heard someone reference their canvas cons, their canvas converse high-top tennis shoe. Yeah. This is all the thing because of Chuck Taylor. Yeah. This uh, classic shoe. Made by Converse. Yeah. It's a canvas high top. It is, the I think, the long form name. Some people call them Chucks. Chucks, Chuck for sure. Chuck Taylors, yeah. but the long form name, it's the Chuck Taylor All-Star Classic. Yes. It was created at Chuck's request by Converse and worn by him in the day that he played. It's an iconic shoe. Our oldest daughter yes. loves them, wears a pair regularly. Many people do. He... Not quite as interesting as all of that, did in fact, after his basketball career, go on to work for Converse as a salesman. Okay. But it's a great shoe. It's a great shoe. High end, low top, now available. He played in the high top. Okay. I had not heard of Chuck Taylor's really as a shoe. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of the person, but I'd not heard of the shoe until Daisy got really into them to this day. And this is a couple of years ago. To yes. this day, she's like, Have you seen my Chuck Taylor's? Or she'll sometimes say Chuck's. So they have had a refreshing timeless. moment. They're timeless, They're timeless. Mm -hmm. but this Big generation before and in the in the era of Vans, yes. Vans are a creation. I feel like that really capitalizes on what Converse did was that take cheap canvas and some rubber and throw it together and make a good looking shoe. So pause. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that Chuck Taylor wore shoes like this yes. to actually play basketball. Yes. These feel wildly unsupportive. There is no ankle support. The ankle support is a lie, just like the cake is a lie to Minecrafters. Okay. Wow. It feels like super painful. Just like, I mean, well, yeah, like he was born yeah. in 1901. They yeah. didn't know a lot about arch support and ankle probably support. Roll, in if the, you were born in 1901, rolling your ankle was actually probably a pretty comfortable thing compared <laughs> to what you normally lived with. So, <laughs> Speaking of needing to be anti-fragile. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Okay. So okay, that number two. Okay, yeah, number two. And we're going to reach back. Way back. A long ways, and then we're going to reach further yeah. in the midst of it. This is so fascinating to me. 1374. Mm. Dang. There is a sudden breakout of St. John's Dance, which occurs in Germany. I it wasn't Germany yet. It's what's Germany now. Never heard of St. John's Never heard Dance. of it. So St. John's Dance caused people to hallucinate, mm. jump, and twitch uncontrollably until they collapsed from exhaustion, which could be hours, if not beyond a full day's time frame. What on like, this what? earth? Right? What? So this occurred primarily in mainland Europe, but it, it existed most notably, well, back up here, the first recorded instance we have of this is in the 7th century. Whoa! And then it, it most clustered from 14th to 17th centuries. Okay. This is crazy. What the heck? It affected thousands of people. 
they didn't know what was going on. One of the attempted remedies for it was to accompany musicians. Like they saw it happening and they'd send musicians to go play. They're thinking somehow it would break the psychological hold of whatever was going on, which only incited people who weren't affected by it to join in the dancing. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. It was a lot of fun, but wildly ineffective. Wildly ineffective, yeah. Um, It appears to have completely died out by the mid-17th century, and though there are honestly many guesses Mm. offered as to what was going on, there just still really is no idea what happened. I am completely mind-blown. Yes! I've literally never heard of this. Why do you think it's called St. John's Dance? I should have looked into that more. I'm sure there's something around it. I would guess, and this is a pure guess, so don't take this to the... Trivial Pursuit competition or your moment on Jeopardy. Okay. My guess is, uh, and this is because later instances they had identified that occurred around shrines and things like that, uh, that maybe the first instance occurred around something to do with a shrine to St. John. One One of the St. John's because there are a few. Yes, of course. This is one of the most bizarre things from history I've literally never heard of. Right? I hadn't either. Now I feel like I'm going to have to go do a little bit of a deep dive to figure out what was going on with St. John's Dance. Feel free. You'll not find out what was going on. That's the beauty of it. There is no explanation. Maybe, but there's conjecture, I'm sure. There's a lot of conjecture. That's what I want to know. Some of it just as wild as today's modern day conspiracy theories. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what I'm doing before (laughs) bed tonight. St. John's Dance deep dive. You know, our John... Kyle. Yes, John Kyle. He one likes of, to dance one of our twins. randomly. He's he's a big dancer. He likes to cut a rug. Maybe he's got a case of this. He does have German ancestry, too. Yep. German Catholic dancer. Okay, we got to keep an eye on that one. We'll do this. For sure. Well, that's the that's the things historically. All right. For today, what else are we on today? Briefly wanted to mention that Rebecca co-host Rebecca and I got to record an episode of Sorta Awesome that will uh, drop in July. Rebecca's got some travel plans, lucky her, coming up. So we went ahead and recorded today. It was so fun to record, but just keep an eye out, you guys, because we do a fun deep dive into 90s nostalgia, one of my favorite topics that I could really talk about. You could find yourself graduating in from high school? Well, I'll tell you what. You already did. And you liked it and you want to do it again? (laughs) For this episode, for this moment in time, we were pinpointed in August of 1993. Oh, man. This was as I was starting my junior year of high school. I was full on football practice in my senior year. Yep, that's right. And so I had just turned 16 that summer. I had an electric blue Chevy Camaro. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty, pretty car. It was more car than I deserved, more car than I needed. For sure. Things happen. Um, so anyway, we take a trip back to a moment in time, and it is so fun. And like I said, that's not going to come out until July. Sorry to uh, it's, don't be sorry that far out, Just but it. it's a good one. Now, earlier, as you and I were talking off camera, you mentioned something, story that you wanted me to tell, and now I'm not remembering what it was. Oh, okay. Here's what happened. So what, yesterday we mentioned that Nico, full-on walker now, wants to walk and... Um, get into stuff. And, you know, of course, yeah, of course, when babies are learning to walk and toddlers are learning to walk and navigate and use their bodies, it's very natural that they're figuring out like how their center of gravity works, how their big old noggins 
don't leave them, you know, Nico hasn't figured out how to get off of the couch yet. He can get up, mm-hmm. but he can't get down. So there's a lot of navigating and maneuvering their bodies. Well, we were sitting outside, uh, letting the dogs out. Nico was playing on the deck and we have stairs going down from the deck. And he saw something at the bottom of the stairs he wanted to get and he was reaching and it was making me so nervous. However, we just did this whole thing talking about the importance of independence and parenting and letting from the time their babies on up into teenagehood, letting kids navigate without being so helicoptery. Let them non-lethally hurt themselves. Yes. And I was like, if he falls down, though, he's going to fall on his big noggin onto brick pavement. So I was getting nervous. And you reminded me that you've had a pretty big fall on your old noggin when you were a kid. It explains a lot, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. So I cannot remember exact age. I feel like it was five or six. And it's in this range. Anybody who's had boys around this age, I would guess, can probably identify with this. Yeah. That there is a compulsion to jump. Oh my gosh. You gotta jump. Jump on stuff, jump over stuff. The twins, and I've told them a million times not to do this, like to get on our landing. Oh, so our, yeah. we have saddleback stairs, so they come down land and then split. They like to get on that landing and jump onto the ottoman, just like over and over. Just like you said, it's a compulsion. Yeah, so, much, so much, so much. It's like St. John's jump. The John. You're not dancing anymore. You're just jumping. I was going to say big jump energy, but I like that too. John's joke better. That too. Both okay. of the things. All the things. Both yeah. and. So yes, we had gone as a family on the Great American Road Trip vacations as we did. This one happened to stop by Worlds of Fun, which is Kansas City. Kansas City, that's right. Shout out to our Kansas yeah. City superstars. So we're standing randomly in between places of where to go and what to ride and all of that. We're standing on a sidewalk (laughs) and I'm bored and feeling the need to jump. I glance off to the side and there's like a eight to 10 inch little rock wall that plainly needs to be jumped over. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I just took off running. Parents are talking. I take off running. I jump. And oddly at the low height that it was, I somehow managed to catch my toe so that while in air, I began to rotate my body did from head upright to sideways. And then on the other side of that little bitty short wall was a 10 foot drop. <laughs> and I did manage to turn 180 degrees and land head first on a rock. It's a miracle. I'm not paralyzed. There's a lot of things in my life. It's a miracle that something yes. worse didn't happen. <laughs> yep. I did knock myself out cold. And in that era of gentle and loving care, uh, we didn't bother with the, inconvenience of an emergency visit we instead went into the only air-conditioned place my family my parents could find which was at a fun park right Uh it's the floor-to-ceiling screen of a movie where of somebody driving recklessly and crazy but the way that the screen's designed you feel like you're in the car so Uh as i'm fuzzy coming to and all that i see that and just proceed to vomit not in small quantities or in small numbers. Oh, bless it. And then they're like, well, we're here for the day. Yeah. Let's go ahead. If and you're get done back puking, ride. let's go ride some rides, you little punk. Now, did no one from the park, like, come over and be like, oh, my gosh, like, no. please don't sue us. Here, no. have free passes. Yeah, like, hey, you got what you deserve there, you little jerk. Did you break our rock? One time we were at Worlds of Fun and there was a, because we went to Kansas City every summer when I was growing up, it wasn't just road tripping, but my grandparents lived there. 
we were there and there was a little ride in the children's area that we just went around and around and it had blue water, like dyed blue water. Mm-hmm. And my brother, who's two and a half, three years younger than me, um, decided he was D-O-N-E done. He was probably like four and he just bailed off of that ride and splashed down into that blue water. And then, you know, everybody's like freaking out. They're trying to stop the little ride and stuff. That was... It feels right. I would believe it if he did that yesterday. (laughs) Or if he's planning on doing it after dinner. It's like totally on brand for He's a wild card. He is. He's good. He is the wild card. Yes. Everybody, I'm sure, has a good amusement park story from growing up. Not our kids, though. We hate amusement parks, so they've never been. I have more than one, but that's enough for today. Okay, well... Blackout. Blackout is a thing that we're listening to. Yes. I picked this because I thought it would be good. You know, part of my actual job, J-O-B, is finding new things, um, using that discovery strength to discover new things. So I was reading a thread on Reddit. I get a lot of good ideas from Reddit. I get a lot of bad ideas from Reddit. (laughs) Don't we all? Yep. And people were talking about that what they'd listened to lately that they really liked. And this person had mentioned, I was I just binge listened to Blackout, which is an audio drama story. Like it's it's fiction. Mm-hmm. It's in podcast form. It's by a company called Q Code, I think. And they have done several of these. I don't know what their investment background is, like what they have going on to have as much money to create the... Um, productions that they do, but they they hire pretty well-known actors. Can I offer a suspicion that is neither confirmed, nor, nor will I confirm it either way? Will the CIA confirm or deny? They are going to remain silent Okay, and yes. pretend like they didn't know. What's your suspicion? My suspicion is that this is somewhat of the Netflix model, okay. where maybe you couldn't necessarily afford this person without some perks. Mm. And so to offer producership, things like that. Yeah, that's right. Then then you get somebody who's who's more excited about the artistic expression right. than they are purely a paycheck. That makes sense because the lead actor of this cast is Rami Malik, who many of you will know as playing the lead in Mr. Robot, the USA mm-hmm. series, which we have watched and it's enjoyed. Good, it's a good disturbing flick. Yeah. yeah. Um so Rami Malek is the lead. He's, he does have a producer credit on this, too, so I would bet that you are right in that. So should we just dive in? We've yes, listened to two please. episodes so far. Go. Unfold I it. Do, I have notes, but I also have bad eyes. So, so she has the sexy library and reading glasses. This, glasses are amazing. Have you ever thought about how amazing glasses are? Like, um, I'm looking at this, and it's so blurry, I can't make anything out in my handwriting. It's terrible anyway. And then I put these on, and it's like, oh, my gosh. I feel fortunate that glasses help your vision problem. I have, they don't fix mine. <laughs> I feel like I have the eyes of a 16-year-old again. It's great. So the opening scene of the pilot, and that is... Wait, the, if you can't see it, is it a scene? Okay, that's an interesting point to make. So unlike listening to an audiobook where you have a narrator narrating mm-hmm. all the parts, doing the, you know, the sort of like the narrative narration, I don't know what else to call it, the non-dialogue narration and the dialogue. Right. The, the, what's his name? Um, Goodness gracious. I suck with names. We know this. I can see the man in my mind. Um, Morgan Freeman. The Morgan Freeman role of narration. Yes. I'm done. That was all I had to do. You had to dig deep. 
You got the name, you're done. The pilot episode is called Pilot, and it opens with what we overhear as what, what, like radio communication back and forth between a, a plane and yeah, a yeah, yeah. Uh, air traffic, air traffic control. controller of some kind. Yes. Not the fancy kind, not the big city kind. Right. Now, why is big city fancy? I don't know. That tells you something about my past, maybe. It does. That's a lot in one short sentence. And fancy boys up in the big city with their big air traffic control. Got your that. big airplanes. Think you're all hot stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Here's a thing that some awesomes know about me. I've mentioned this on the show. I have a very, very hard time understanding British dialogue to the point where I have to have subtitles on. I was wishing there were subtitles because as it turns out, I have a very hard time understanding radio communication back and forth. Yeah. Couldn't really understand what was going on. But at the end of this opening sequence, this plane, and we hear the pilot communicating with tra air traffic control, uh, crashes. Mm -hmm. And you hear these like loud booms indicating. Like, and it's not a fancy big city crash. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, as we'll find out later later okay and then so it, it switches gears mm -hmm. and we get our main narrator our main voice our protagonist who's going to lead us through this story and it is played by Rami but it's, it's not narration anymore right None of it is. right that's an important yeah. point okay so the context the uh, sort of concept for the storytelling in um blackout is the character that Rami Mack plays his name's Simon Simon um Atani and so I'm just going to call him Simon from now on, but that is the Rami Malek character. The concept is that he has found a voice recorder of some kind. And in real time, as we're listening, he is recording his thoughts and kind of telling the story of what has happened since the blackout began. And this, you, you're just like thrust right into the action. Now, I think this is a super fascinating decision that they made. That is such a trope in post-apocalypse uh, genre, mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. it's a comic book or a movie or a series or whatever, that's such a trope to have a fixed character relaying to you either on video or on audio on a tape recorder, relaying to you, the audience, what has happened. But then instead of that being the entirety of right. the storytelling, then you start to go into the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have is Simon has found some kind of recorder, Right? Did right. I miss any details there? No. And he's speaking into it, and he's starting to tell, okay, this is what's happened. My my experience at this point has been this is the only thing I could equate it to is it's a it's a television series without the visual, right? Which is really interesting and new to participate in, and I wonder deeply if that isn't in fact part of the real connection with the whole concept of blackout. Yes. That with the absence and they're, you know, they're talking about it in terms of being shut out of communication, but that you're sharing just a smidgen of the, the, the feel by not being able to see and only listen to what's going on. Exactly. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but it's, it does work together brilliantly. It really does. And so I made a note that Simon says it's been 103 days at the point he starts recording, 103 days since the blackout began. He does mention that they're on the border somewhere in northern New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So he really lays the groundwork for the setting up near the Canadian border. He's not exactly sure where he is as he's recording this in real time, but that it has been 103 days since the blackout began. He tells us that in his life before, basically, 
that he was a radio DJ, an aspiring author. He makes mention of in a, in a radio DJ. And so um, the, the radio station is 87.6. The Moose, uh, the what did they call it? The North Country? Northern Country? So. North, North or Northern, yes, one of the two. Northern Country's only independent rock station. Yes. And so that's going to kind of come back and play in, in a little bit. And so then he kind of, the, the narrative switches. So he's telling us this, and then you we switch to a flashback, and it's of that day. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of sets it up with, I should have known, or something like that. That's possible. But they go to this, he's in this diner, there's... I think it's Margaret's Steiner, I think, right? It's possible. Anyway, you don't, you, don't, many names. you don't pay attention to the I just gave names. you Morgan Freeman. What more do you want? Yes, that's true. As he's there, they hear these big booms, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I think they, those came from up at the cell phone tower. Mm-hmm. And it's gunshots, they all agreed upon. Yes, sounded like gunshots. Now, the, the other locals are kind of making fun of him, like, it's hunting season. Of course, you're going to hear gunshots. It's very normal to hear out here where we live in the northern country. Um, and then, so he's, like, concerned about this. It switches gears, and we meet, we shift the scene. We meet his wife. They have twin children, a boy and girl who are twins, who are probably high school age, late high school. Um, one of them is going off supposedly on a hockey uh, trip to, I don't know if he was going to like a hockey camp or something. I don't know. But don't know. we find out later that the it was all a ruse. It was a ruse, I tell you. <laughs> because he and his best friend and their girlfriends were actually going out to go camping and get Get, drunk and high in the woods. Get dirty. Yeah. Um, but the the sister that's the twin, and I think her name's Izzy. I think Hunter is the boy and Izzy's the girl. You don't know. Anyway, she's like a real um, dolly do-gooder. Like, she's an activist. She's, like, super conscientious, and she's not into what they have going on. Um, well, what I wanted to ask you about was, what did you think about the accents? Oh, it was beautiful. Of the voice actors. It was beautiful. So if you've never lived in or even visited for an extended period of time, different pockets of just even within our own country to hear different dialects, to see what is normal for the people that live here and all of that, then then you're stuck in your own mind of what's normal and how people sound and, and what people are interested in all of that. And somehow so magically with both both dialect and with topics of conversation, to me, they painted such a wonderful picture that allowed you, even if you've never experienced it, to get over the awkwardness and all of that and just be like, okay, yeah, they're, they're people. You know, they're interested in stuff I'm not or I've never heard of or I'm skeptical about or whatever else, but I can appreciate that this is their this is their way of life. These are the interests to the people in this area. So you can get past all of that and, and begin, I think in that fashion, even you appreciate some of the, the responses to the blackout, right? Even more so uh, than if it were to happen to you and where you live and what's going on with you there in some cases, you know, real lack of panic about it even. Right. Exactly. And I, I thought it was very well done to the point that I even got so curious to wonder where is where is Malik from? Yeah. And looked up some history on him. He did spend some time in college in Illinois, 
um, which was as close as he got to that. Undoubtedly would have been around some people from further north. Probably still had to do some homework and research to yeah. to get to where this this series is with all of that. But just fascinating. Yes. Yeah. So when the scene picks back up, oh, also in that scene with the wife and the twins, they're starting to say, I don't have cell phone service. And the mom is just like joking with them, like, oh my gosh, aren't you guys just going to die because you don't have cell phone service? But they don't know yet the extent of what's happening. So we find out in the next scene that Simon has gone ahead and gotten himself shot. Yeah. That he had gone up to that cell phone tower. There was a man dressed in black, I think. That Which was is sh- not what hunters wear. Right. Hunters do not dress in black. Yes. That's a good way to get yourself shot. Exactly. So it's fishy. Yes. It's fishy. Also fishy, the man's shooting at a cell phone tower. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a little weird. Although some parts of the country, not as weird as it might be in others. <laughs> So you got to look out for those 5Gs, right? That's right, yes. So Simon <clears throat> gets shot by this gunman at the cell phone tower and has to make his way to the hospital. And while he is at the hospital being treated there, all of the electricity goes out. Right. And generators are supposed to kick on and start running, but the hospital is a rural hospital and is... Hadn't had to use the generator in right. years and... Yep. Exactly. And so... Simon, being a radio DJ, he gets treated. It's just like a, with a, flesh, a, wound. a fl- flesh wound. Yes. As Monty Python would help us all to appreciate. <laughs> yes. Um, so he just decides to leave because he's like, we, I got to go to the radio station and we got to start getting communication happening. Right. Well, and right before the power went out yeah. for everybody, there had literally been on, on the television oh, news yeah. like this, everybody hold on to your collective butts. There's going to be an announcement, national security yes. issues, and then bam, the power's gone. Right. Like the president was just about to make an address. Like literally get the TV announcer, the TV on the TV announcer was saying, we're getting, just about to hear from the president. And then boom, the power goes out. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. So he makes his way to the radio station and gets the owner to open up and kind of let him in. And they start to uh, kind of try to get some communication happening. Is it that? And that's when he sees the fighter plane, fighter jet fly overhead. Yes, fighter jet goes over, crashes. Yes, explodes. So there's a really, this is interesting thing of, first of all, this concept, or do you remember from your literature studies as a high school student? I don't ma- imagine you did anything beyond that. The concept of Chekhov's gun. It doesn't ring a bell, but if you talk about it, I might pretend like I understand. It's this idea, and I cannot remember. I meant to give this a goog before we got on here, and I forgot. But it's basically this concept of, it's based on uh, Anton Chekhov, who is a Russian playwright. Um, if you introduce a gun in the first act... That you have to, something has to happen with that gun. Yes. yes and then yes, yes. there's like this absurdist um, era of literature where, and I think this may have been when Chekhov was creating plays, like he would bring a gun on in the first act and then like literally nothing happens with the gun. But as the audience, you're sitting there thinking the whole time, like, what, what's going to happen with the gun? Well, we have Chekhov's mm-hmm. fighter, fighter jet because here this plane that we heard the pilot communicating at the very beginning with his mayday distress call. Now Simon sees it fly over their town, sees and hears it completely crash and explode. He's on air when it happens. He, and again, Rami Malek's 
acting is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, his voice is all shaky and he's saying like, ladies and gentlemen, we've just seen this and reporting it. And then that's the end of the episode for the pilot. Then we go into the second episode, which is dead air. Right. And he starts by talking about as a DJ, like dead air is the thing that you do not want to have. You cannot have dead air. It's unsettling. People don't like it. People do not like it. Should we practice it? Okay. It's too much. I can't take it. It's too uncomfortable. Um, When this episode starts out, the Simon and his, um, I think wife and daughter are at back at the diner, maybe, or they're, they're at a general store. And they yeah. run into some people who basically are trying to get some baby formula. They meant to get to the store, but now the blackout has happened. The baby's crying. Now, Hungry. talk to me about what it does to you internally, mentally, emotionally, when a baby is crying in a piece of entertainment that you're consuming. I don't like it. It's unsettling. It, it's, it's, yeah, there's a deep urge within me to find a way to stop the thing. Yeah. Don't like it. it. I don't like for people to hurt. Exactly. Even though you think I'm a jerk. I don't <laughs> like for people to hurt. Unless I'm the one that hurt them. So I have a reason. You deserved it. <laughs> or not. Well, so in this opening scene of Dead Air episode, this baby is crying. And I do think that, again, it, you know, I listen to this on two levels. I was listening just for the entertainment as a listener, but I'm also constantly thinking about the sound design mm-hmm. and everything that went into, because like when the fire plane um, explodes at the end of uh, the episode, like it's, you know, sounds really convincing, like a huge explosion. And then even going into having just like this general store and they're trying to figure out how to pay. Cause like the, the person who runs the store isn't there. Right. Um, the, Credit card machine won't work, obviously. Um, and the baby's crying. It, br- it brings like this sort of intensity and this urgency. I feel like a baby crying indicates an urgency. Right. Uh, really conveys that. And so that's happening. It switches gears. We catch up with the kids. Um, Hunter, the son, um, Simon's son, who's gone out on this camping trip. We find out that they... Uh, and again, I feel like the accents, the dialectal accents of the teenagers is really, it's almost a little over the top for me. It's a very specific, like e- even more than the Boston accent. But all I kept thinking about was the old Jimmy Fallon and Rachel Dratch. Yes. Skits from Saturday Night Live yes. when they used to do their Boston accents. <laughs> yeah, accurate. Uh, but one of the friends should be noted Lincoln Hunter's best friend he did make sure that he had bourbon he yeah brought, so they're they're cracking the imported the from Kentucky <laughs> okay so yeah so they at this point the the power hasn't been out that long I think it's that it's going into that night and they're like trying to decide let's just make it a snow day again they kind of knew something major was happening because the president was about to make an address. Right. But they are trying to also make the best of it, especially the parents. Right. Trying not to panic, yeah. as you would. Yeah, exactly. And in a laid back, a more laid back part of the country where you wouldn't maybe have been as concerned about a presidential speech anyway. Yeah. So they decide to play Trivial Pursuit and just have fun and like make a fire and we'll do this. Well, they get this really like sudden alarming knock at the door. And again, the sound design is like really convincing. It's like pounding on the door. Well, it's their neighbors, Randy and Todd, who have stopped by and they've got a big old gun with them. And this exchange is like really tense and awkward because they're like, remember how we were going to start our neighborhood watch and you didn't want to. And Mm -hmm. Simon's like, 
Yeah, they're like, maybe it's time to reconsider. Like a really threatening... Yeah, they're border... They feel very borderline militia. Yes. Okay, thank you. I got that vibe too, and I wasn't sure if we were supposed to or not. Yeah. I think it's... It's accurate to the region. Okay. The more rural you get... Yeah, the more extreme you can get there. And not to say that people are bad people that are rural, but you know, no, you just course. get some... It's kind of all the way back to our conversations about Joe Exotic and Winnie Wood. You're... Yeah. You don't have the benefit of a huge population to more easily insulate yourself from the insanity of normalcy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, again, they're, like, needlessly aggressive in this interaction. Yeah. Um, and then the, before they leave, they're like, well, sometimes it's just hard to know who to trust. And it's, like, just dripping with this ominous Yeah. Oh, you know something's going to happen. You know something's going to happen. In the meantime, Simon decides to go to the station. It's dead air right now. He wants to get on air. So he tells people, you know, like, obviously nobody's phones work. But if you have a two-way radio... Um, which is that like a CB, like in trucks? Yeah, or CB, a ham radio. Okay. These things all can communicate that way. Okay. He's like, to hop on channel 15 and call into the station. Let's start talking because we want to keep you company while the power's out. Yeah. In the meantime, the woman who owns the general store is realizes that somebody's kind of broken into the store. They left money for the formula, but she drops a comment. I don't know if you caught this. She drops a comment about how people need to start learning to take care of themselves. Yes, I did. And there's a... Speaking of sound There was the knock on the ceiling. <laughs> there's the a, militia. There's a lot of emphasis about taking care of our own, taking care of yourself. Like, this mm -hmm. is a theme that's kind of running through... Um, so anyway, and again, this is a very rural yeah. concept because in a rural place, you may be far enough away that police response is far too long for you to be protected by them. So yes. you take some personal responsibility. It's not that you're out looking for somebody to shoot. You're just trying to be smart. Yes. I was wrong. The woman's name isn't Margaret. It's Madeline. And you can tell she's kind of like a grizzled, like she has seen some shit. <laughs> and she's super pragmatic. So she's talking about, you know, how like sometimes a fire comes through and it takes out all the critters in its path. But then what happens after that? New stuff grows, mm -hmm. she says. So I thought that was an interesting line. So anyway, Simon's on the on the radio taking calls. He says people need to start getting used to talking face to face again. Community is happening. Somebody lost their dog, but then somebody calls in and says, "Oh, we found him." Uh, or is it a cat? A dog. I a think. dog. A dog. Okay. Um, another person calls in and is like, "Hey, before the power went out, just before the power went out, we filled up a tank with tap water. So if you yeah. need tap water, come get some water." This is all to me because I'm a huge, huge zombie apocalypse fan yeah this is just dripping with that where it's in this this moment of no more authority and i say that with heavy quotes no more authority to protect me that you have you have these two divided groups one that would band together mm -hmm. to help each other to cooperate and the other that is very quick before long before is necessary well i'm gonna i'm gonna rob everybody else to take care of me and mine yes exactly it gets very sketchy it happens so fast in this narrative now um so you have these different lines that have been dropped like what's going to happen is this going to take out everything um or what's this emphasis on we need to start going to take care of ourselves 
Anyway, the last scene of dead air, we go back to the teens who are camping out. They have been camping out all night. It's the next morning. They were drinking bourbon. They didn't have any food. Somebody brought pills. They were yeah, popping some pills. Yeah, random meds from somebody's cabinet. Exactly. They wake up in the morning and there is this, they're talking. We hear a huge thud and the kids realize it is the pilot because they also saw the right. plane crash and they were deliberating whether or not to go out to the plane. The pilot of the plane drops out of the tree that was that they had camped out under, had been there all night apparently. And um, the, the very last part is that they, they rush over to him and somebody's like, he still has a pulse. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Because it's episode. always harder when somebody's alive and injured. Yes. It makes the tense, the difficulty. Yes. Ugh. So what do you think? So this is your first really audio drama. What are you thinking so far? I'm enjoying it. I Good. really am. I had to fight to not listen ahead because I wanted my commentary for today to be true. Yes. To what only we could know in these episodes. Yeah, me too. Same thing. So anyway, that's Blackout. We just said yesterday, hop on there. It's super yeah. easy to binge because the episodes are like, what, 30 minutes? 20, 20, 20 and a little change. Yeah. yeah they're, they're pretty fast. You could totally listen to them while you're folding a load of laundry and putting it away. So hop on and listen along if you want to. It's a lot of fun. My goodness, our children are tearing the house down around us. I mean, speaking of pilots falling from trees. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go before right. somebody falls out of the ceiling. I'm going to go yell at children. Okay. Wait, don't forget. Sign off. Sign off. Have an awesome today, would you? Please Because we're not going to. <laughs> somebody needs to. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If a militia member knocks on your door, your best bet is to play it cool. You don't have to agree with them or join the militia but it's really not worth it to push into conflict. Smile, nod, and when they leave, lock your doors. <laughs>